Welcome to The Witcher Lorecast, the show that explores the vast lore behind The Witcher games, show, and books. It's time, friends, for The Witcher Lorecast, episode three, and this is going to be a very special episode. As we teased it last week, we're going to be talking about The Witchers, because it's a Witcher lore cast and we've been doing like the history of the world and the stuff before the time of the Witchers. But today we're digging into the origin of the Witchers and I'm super excited for this. I am your host, Tom or robots, and this is my co-host Toasty. Toasty, how you doing, buddy? Well, technically we teased this two weeks ago. We, te- we teased it two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> Cause last week, uh, Toasty, uh, almost died and is now alive again. So yeah, that's a great way to, <laughs> It's not true. I did not almost die. <laughs> he had a fever. He had a fever. I, had a fever. I, got, I got sick. Mm-hmm. I had like a high fever and I felt very death-like. Was not so dead. So you almost did. Or near death, but I felt you were almost like dead. it. You almost For died. a little bit. So I apologize for uh, missing, you know, a week, but we're it's back. Okay. You got better. You did what you were supposed to do. You got better. Everybody held on for a week and now we're here and we can talk about the origin of the witchers without you being like in a hospital bed with like, you know, tubes in your nose. I was stuff. not in a hospital bed. He's lying. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. In my we're mind, be really concerned about it. <laughs> Just like, are you okay, Toasty? <laughs> in my mind, oh my you were God. like on, on death's door and there was, you know, you were passed out on a hospital bed and the Grim Reaper was just standing there waiting for that heart to stop beating. But I guess it wasn't that bad. But anyway, so uh, speaking of hearts stopping beating, um, (laughs) the origin of the witchers has to do with a lot of uh, death and terrible things. Some of it happening to children. So uh, just a warning at the beginning, if that's something that I mean, we're all against it. Let's just let's just all agree to be against those things. But it's something if it's something that really triggers you, then be warned. This episode gets kind of dark. So that's your warning at the beginning. Also, if you haven't played through the Witcher games and don't know some of this stuff and don't want to get spoiled, then be aware. This is a lore cast. We're going to be spoiling some stuff. Um, just be aware of that as well. Nobody, nobody needs to complain in a review that, oh, they spoiled the games. The games have been out for years. The books have been out for a very long time. <laughs> so just, those are your warnings at the beginning of the show. But let's let's kick this off, Toasty. Where do we start? So we start with how we kind of ended off the last episode that we got um so as said in the last episode the witchers came into being as a request made by the rulers of the northern kingdoms for the mages to create magic wielding warriors the work done to create them was done by casimo malaspina and his apprentice alzor at the institution of risberg where many other magical experiments were conducted right so this was the magical experiment facility for the mages and the brotherhood of sorcerers right this was like their r d facility and they were trying to make like magic warriors like warrior mages not just people who can do parlor tricks and signs but actual like legitimate magic wielding warriors right like battle mages yeah. What what I, I my my thought on this is what I this is my D and D relation for it is that they were trying to create paladins and mm-hmm. they got rangers instead. Um, yeah, you know that's that makes sense. Okay, 
Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, okay, so paladins are, are very powerful magical, magically, and they also can wield weapons and armor and things, right? They're, they're like holy mm -hmm. warriors, and their magic happens to be holy focused, but it's, it's still very potent. Uh, but yeah, instead they got rangers. They, they got people who could take care of themselves out in the wilderness, could, you know, go off on their own and survive lots of different things, but aren't necessarily particularly great when it comes to magic. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I like that analogy. That's pretty good. Um, so, uh, Alzor uh, traveled around the continent for weeks and collected thirty-eight children before he returned to Risburg. I love, um, I love the word here, collected. He collected. He collected. I mean, he just kind of like gathered them up, you know, just like picking wild berries. Like, yeah, I mean, I assume it probably was like orphans and things like that. Although, who knows how. I mean, they may have had a lot of pool and they'd have been like, I'm doing, I need your child for something to do with Brotherhood of Sorcerers. Or and people who owed debts. Or like here. Yeah. Or like, but I feel like a lot of times we see this in the, and we see it a bit in like, you know, the Witcher TV show where it seems like parents are willing to just give away the children that they don't want. And so it's probably what happened. But that's what I would have to guess happened here. Yeah. So they probably didn't get like the best picks of, of the potential children. Yeah. So, yeah. um, these children, they, once he returned to Risberg, they were forced to participate in vigorous physical training, including, uh, climbing cliff sides, running trap laden obstacle courses, dodging swinging pendulums while blindfolded and many other training methods. And I would just like to say for people who have either played the Witcher three, um, or have read the books or, you know, I, I don't think anything in the TV show yet, but we may get there. Yeah. Um, but these sound like pretty familiar training exercises. We've seen these before. There's a nice little intro in The Witcher 3 showing a particular somebody dodging swinging pendulums while blindfolded. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. So, uh, I mean, I guess we can we can. We won't go into too many spoilers, but yes, we, we do see some of this training in the Witcher games. Um, and I, I can imagine that this is, v I mean, this would be very difficult for adults to do, let alone children, you know, even athletic adults climbing cliff sides, trap laden obstacle courses. I mean, this sounds like, you know, blindfolded and dodging swinging pendulums. Like most people wouldn't make it through these kinds of these kinds of uh, obstacle courses or whatever they're, whatever you want to call them. Um, and so, but I guess there's a point to that, right? Like you only want the best of the best to really make it with the stuff that they're trying to, because these people, these children are being brought in to become magic warriors, to fight the monsters. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these monsters have like super fast, fast reflexes, enhanced strength, speed. You gotta be like, tip top of your physical peak mm -hmm. and even that's not enough right most yes. of the time and go beyond that as as we know with witchers yeah. they take they take uh potions that even increase those natural abilities they have even further um but yeah if you don't have that foundation of of good coordination basic uh, you know level of strength uh situational awareness those kinds of things then even taking those potions isn't really going to make a difference 
Yeah. And like you said, it seems like you said most people don't seem like that they would be able to get through this. And surprisingly enough, most of them do. This this training does result in the death of four of the 38 children, but only four out of 38. Yeah, that's I can imagine. So a lot of them are still left yeah, after doing that. I can imagine most of the rest of them are injured at some point, but they at least survived it. Yeah. So and after this, uh Closer to the experiments, the children are then submitted to a regimen of bubbling mushroom stews and soapy alchemical teas. This resulted in the children becoming faster and stronger, but after a short amount of time, it started to make the girls in the group extremely ill. A number, the number of these children dwindled rapidly as the experiments began, including an, a girl from Adern, named uh jagoda yagoda uh who died in the first week of being submitted to these alchemical ingredients right and um our listeners need to remember that this is the first time they tried to do this at all this isn't like the process they always go through it was during this first group of children this first 38 children that they realized that for some reason the female children um couldn't make it through the training and especially the chemicals the the mushroom stews the uh the alchemical teas the the something about the chemistry in that didn't work with their system and made them sick and started to kill them which is why when we go further into the stories and into the games all of the witchers are men and it's not because they were only choosing men they wanted to choose women and men but the women there something about their biology didn't take and it became deadly to them so they just had to go with men after that yeah and and this is kind of something that scares me uh because in in the blood of elves the book we see siri in, in the vesemir and Geralt's and the other witchers of the school of the wolf are making her like consume these same things they talk about how she was consuming strange mushroom stews and teas and things. And only when hmm. Tris Marigold comes along and says, you need to stop this. This is not okay. But they figured it out in the very first trials that this is the stuff that ends up in the death of the girls. The girls can't survive through this stuff. And I'm surprised to see like this farther on that, you know, they're still doing that. Well, maybe it's kind of scary. Maybe. they. So I have two thoughts on this. Maybe they either thought that she was different enough being that she has the background that she has, which we'll talk about in the future. Um, you know, her, she comes from that her bloodline um, or two that uh, they had messed with these and they thought that they had made um, different uh, had used different ingredients that would get to the same potential results without being deadly to her. Or three, they just at some point were no longer aware of it. But that uh, that doesn't seem that doesn't make sense to me. Like there's a reason why they're all men and they've all been men and they've all lived a very long time and they've all recruited children before and they will only take in boys, you know. So I don't I don't know for sure why that would be. I mean, from a literary standpoint, it makes sense in order to make the point that this doesn't work. So stop doing it. Therefore, you're not going to get a witcher. You know, by, you're going to kill her. Um, but yeah, I don't understand why they would have just tried to put her through it otherwise. 
it, it takes an entire month before the first child is successfully made into a witcher during these experiments. And a week after that, we get uh, Erland of Larvik, who is actually a pretty important figure here, uh, was also successfully turned. Uh, by the end of these experiments, we only have five children remaining of the 38. There's only five left who yeah. successfully made the transition. Right. That's a very small percentage. That's, uh, what is that, like 12 or 13% actually make it through? Um, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, I mean, it's also, this also goes to show why being a witcher is very rare. I mean, it's not something that you choose to be. It's something that you're kind of end up being due to circumstance, you know, like, uh, uh, what is it? The, what's the thing that, uh, where like, uh, the, the gift of surprise or what is it called? It's the, um, the law of surprise, the law of surprise, uh, where like, you're going to come back and take something that you didn't realize you had after the, you know, the job was done and it ends up being a child. And so you know, like the witchers don't generally take in lots of children and try this out. So and, and only 12 to 13 percent success rate is pretty low. Um, but the world's a dark place like this is and and they're fighting these monsters like they believe that they need these warriors in order to fight back the the monsters of the land, which are, like you said, very dangerous and have senses and abilities well beyond what humans. I mean, this is this is very like in our world, there are. Yeah, when so for example we had megafauna historically right we had right. like like um when uh you go back a few thousand years and when people crossed the land bridge from asia over to um north america there were megafauna and within just a few generations we'd hunted down like humans had hunted down most of the megafauna these were like saber-toothed cats and mammoths and like these kinds of very large and dangerous animals i would I would say, based on what we know about the stories in these books and things, that these monsters are way more dangerous than something like a saber-toothed cat. Even though the, the saber-toothed cats are huge and, you know, awesome predators, very strong, stealthy. Um, when it comes to vampires and dragons and things like that, it's not even a comparison. So, right. so they're not looking at, like, dangerous animals. They're looking at monsters, and they need a solution. And this is where they're going with it. After these uh, experiments conclude, uh, the mages then bring in professionals from all over the continent to train the, the five boys that survived, uh, including hunters from Kaidwin to teach them how to track and survive in the wilderness, uh, alchemists from Vicavaro to train them in how to make these the witcher brews that they end up being pretty famous for potions and things to enhance their abilities even more and swordsmen from every corner of the continent to train them in how to become the best swordsmen. Right. We yeah. all know that a witcher's uh, most important tools are their, their two swords. Right. Right. And they already had mages there because the mages were the ones who had set this up and were heading it up. So they were already there to train the witchers in magic. But as we alluded to earlier, that didn't quite go to plan, right? Right. So it was also during this training that 
it was discovered that these new witchers had limited magical capabilities. Uh, they're, they were not the magic wielding warriors that they're expected to be able to, you know, fight the best as swordsmen and also be able to wield the same amount of magic as mages because that was what was expected. The only, the most we ever see from witchers is their capabilities of, you know, uh, their signs and the signs are very, very small pieces of magic. It's not even close to what a uh, full power sorcerer or wizard could do. Right. It's like barely apprentice level stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what did they Uh, do? So what did they do with the witchers then? They banished them from Risberg. They told them that they were failures and told them to get out. Uh, But luckily we didn't get no, some people didn't give up on them. So Alzor, Casimo Malaspina, and Iteron of Ulivo, who was a sort of apprentice to Alzor, took the the children that were remaining to the abandoned Morgreg Castle in the Kestrel Mountains and decided to continue the experiments and training so we- to see if they could perfect it. Right. So we talked about these guys on a previous episode and how these guys were kind of um, they went against the grain of the mages groups that they were a part of. And they, they often, were outcasts. Yeah, they, they were outcasts. They, they would kind they of work outside outcasts of outcasts. And uh, this is the reason I, I know I didn't have a clear answer last time, but this is the reason here. They decided to continue the experiments when they were told that it was a failure and they needed to stop and were probably told to move on to a different kind of experiment. Uh, mm-hmm. And they were like, "Nah, we believe in this project, and we're gonna we're gonna stick with it." And they left with them. Yeah, yeah. So, I would imagine if if they hadn't had the help of these guys, that they they may have gone out into the world and lived their lives. But I don't know that we would have had witchers later on in the story. It was because of these mages continuing to work with them that we actually have a continuation of these witchers and the things that they've learned. You think so? Uh, it, I mean, if they'd just gone off, it, who's to tell what would have happened because it's just five guys. Yeah. Uh, if they decided not to stick together and just gone off on their own, they probably would have went to go fight the monsters or do whatever work that they were or been mercenaries you know, able to do. It's been really, really probably would have been mercenaries. mercenaries. Yeah. And, but we can see that like, it's only a matter of time, you know, and once they were seen to be too good to be used on purely just humans, then they probably would have moved on and probably would have been hired to kill monsters anyways. Yeah, and yeah. eventually without the continued training and, and uh, additional help and experimentation that gets done, they probably wouldn't have been, they would have, been a matter of time before they found a monster that was too tough for them mm-hmm. and then that's it that's yeah. all we would have had just the five right plus the um i would imagine that these mages they come from a a world of uh aristocracy organization those kinds of things the witchers were children who were just trained and so by the time they're released they're probably still teenagers or young adults at the most at the oldest 
and they're sent out into the world this they, they would have needed these adults to organize them and to form them into something more than just the, the component parts of just five individuals going off into the world right and so that's where the order of witchers comes from is from the influence of these uh established older mages who were able to keep them together and to create something more than just the five of them and we see that after once they leave and establish this uh base in more great castle we see the group and they they become the order of witchers mm -hmm. this includes the witchers and the mages that are involved uh, and this becomes known as the first age of witchers. The first age of the witchers. And it begins. So, okay. So how long do, how long do these mages stick with this group? Do they, do they, I mean, they're outcasts. Are they running like, well, what's going on during this period of time? So they stick with them. It, it, there's no determined amount of time, but it says that they, they stick with this for many years. Uh, but eventually I'm just throwing my blanket over there, <laughs> but <laughs> we comfy. see, uh, Alzor, Cosimo, Malaspina and Iteron take their departure and they left other mages with them. There was there, they managed to gather more mages into the, the order of witchers, but the true leadership came from these three. And once they leave, they leave the order without a leader there's a, a a vacuum of power okay uh that no one fills so what happens then what what does that lead to so there was there was a lot of work they had an abundance of work even though they weren't as successful as the rulers and the the mages wanted them to be mm -hmm. they could still take on the monsters so they proceeded to fill out contracts and things but because even though there was an abundance, they started to the witchers started to compete with each other while they were out on the path. The path being, you know, the routes that they take to fulfill their their monster contracts and things. Just the road that they follow is referred to as the path. The path, like the the life and, of the witcher out on the road, is the path. Yes, okay. and they start to trick and threaten each other out of contracts. So, other witchers yeah so we see this a bit in the games if you've played the games or you've read the stories um there's there's what i would call friendly competition among Geralt and his peers when we when we see them interact they don't always like each other very much but they trust each other they they know they can rely on each other but there's still this level of like competition right like there, right. there are specific quests in the game where you will be paired up with one of these other witchers and the banter while you're going off on the quest is about like, ah, well, this, this is like the time that I did this thing. And we're like, ah, you barely got out of that alive. You know, like, like there's this like friendly sort of bravado that goes on between them because they're all a bunch of badasses, you know, like they've all survived these absolutely horrific things and think that they're just better than their peers. Right. But deep down, there's this like level of it's almost a familiarity you get with like siblings. There's this level of like, ah, my brother's a moron and I hate him. But at the end of the day, I would trust him because he's my brother. You know, like that kind of thing is. I mean, we see that in 
because the story that we follow is Geralt. Mm-hmm. And so we're most closely tuned into the the life of the school of the wolf. Right. Uh, and that includes Vesemir, Eskul, Lambert right. as well. And, and for Geralt's Lambert and Eskul, they basically are brothers. Yeah. They were raised together and only really became witchers a few years apart from each other. So it, they grow up as brothers with Vesemir being like the dad, like a father figure. Of this. Them. Right. Yes. Right. But, but, but the situation you're describing here is way more, uh, competitive and they're willing to, uh, threaten each other and steal contracts from each other, which is, I, I, I don't see that flying at all in the school of the wolf, you know, like Vesemir yeah. wouldn't have allowed that to happen. Like he would have, no. he would have come down on them and been like, no, this is, we don't do that. <laughs> like, you know, you guys Definitely can get in a fist fight on occasion, but like, we don't threaten each other and, you know, steal contracts. Well, it gets even worse than that. One of these incidents ends up resulting in the two witchers attacking each other. So we see a witcher known as Arnagad uh, attacking another witcher named Reese and nearly killing him. He nearly kills him over contract squabbles. And like like I said, there's an abundance of work at this time. It's pretty insane that we get that. Right. They're not uh, starving. It, right. Yeah. And it's going to go even further than this. So Arnagad then returns to Morgred Castle with a posse of his Witcher brothers, the ones that are closest with him, I suppose. Uh, and a major battle ensues between the Order and uh, Arnagad's group. Uh, and the Order comes out victorious, but they lose a lot of their, you know, witchers and mages in the process. Uh, and Arnagad survives this and ends up leaving the Order. He says, I'm done. And he, he, he takes off and this will be, this is the catalyst for the fall of the order of the witches. So this is the event that results and leads to just everything that we've had so far. The golden age of the witchers is, is what this era is referred to. And because of this, it just all starts to fall apart. Yeah, I, I can imagine that, you know, once one, once somebody leaves and says, I, I'm going to make it out on my own, I don't have to deal with you guys telling me what to do anymore, then others feel like they can do the same. Um, and we don't know a whole lot of details about this, right? We just have a sense that, like, this was the beginning of the decline. Um, but in situations like that, I would imagine that somebody like Arnagad might be even poaching other witchers from the main group and tempting them over to his side. Like, why are you going to do what they, they say you can and can't do? Why don't you come with me and do what we want? That kind of thing. Well, it's actually that's that's actually correct. So, uh, fun fact, and and this will be something that we can probably delve into a bit further in the future. Um, Arnagad is the originator of the school of the bear. He creates the school of the bear, and like you said, probably starts poaching people, and he starts pulling people into his school. Mm-hmm. Um. And it kind of fits. We see the the school of the bears, uh, pretty, I guess, 
uh, aggressive. <laughs> so yeah, is a very aggressive person that creates it. So yeah. makes sense. So are we going to we're going to go into all the different schools in the future? In fact, we may not get through all the content on this episode alone. I don't know that I mentioned that at the beginning of this the show because there's a lot of stuff to go over. So this might be a multi part episode. Yeah. I started writing this outline and it, it turned into six pages real fast. And I was like, oh, OK, this yeah. may need to split <laughs> up. Uh, and this doesn't include anything about the schools on it. So it's right. going to be even more. Right. But yeah, so we'll definitely go into the schools later on. Um, I think that's one of the coolest like aspects of of. Uh, you know, the Witcher lifestyle. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. And in the games, we even see situations where Geralt runs into somebody from a different school. And how that kind of works out, which is interesting, but I won't spo- I won't spoil that on today's episode. Right. Um, so, so how does this period of time continue? Did other people splinter off? Other schools are formed? Like what happens? So yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna see other groups leaving, um, and creating, starting to create their own schools of of the Witcher. So we get the Order of the Bear, the Order of the uh, Flamingo, the Order of the Dolphin. And the order of the mongoose, right? Those are the those are the bear. I feel like an order of the mongoose would be pretty scary. Yeah, actually, that would, be, like would be, be that'd be a cool that'd yeah. be a cool school. Yeah. Um, no, so so we see Arnegad, uh, and these are the specifics that I'm remembering off the top of my head here. Arnegad uh, creates the school of the bear, and then later on, a uh, splinter group from the school of the bear then creates the school of the viper. Uh, mm-hmm. We get. The school of the Griffin, uh, school of the wolf, the Gryffindor, school Slytherin. <laughs> so we we see all these groups splintering off and creating their own schools. And the last of the order uh, is is what's going to become the school of the wolf, which I thought was interesting. The last ones to hold on to the idea, the philosophy of the order of the witchers, then become the school of the wolf. And I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. So this actually ends up being a really good thing for the Witcher lifestyle. So we see the tensions of the past, all these conflicts that we've dealt with uh, start to fade as the school system starts to become the lifestyle and conflicts between the Witchers of different schools of the path stop. They stop yoinking contracts. They stop uh, tricking each other or threatening each other mm-hmm. uh, and start to treat each other like estranged brothers rather than bitter enemies. So we start to get into what you said before, where it's kind of a, you know, like brothers Family. friendly competition kind of thing, as opposed to this violent uh, kind of acts that we saw before. Yeah. Uh, and Unfortunately, after this, the the witchers, this system would prove to be too successful uh, and monsters start to dwindle out because of the success of the witchers uh, and become rare and churches start to spread propaganda against witchers or rulers start to view them with distrust and the witchers would become the monsters in the eyes of the public rather than the monsters that they were in charge of hunting. Right. right. I feel Uh, like this is a very common, uh, I don't know, story trope, but also something that happens in the real world. You know, like 
the person who does the right thing and does the thing to help the people gets turned against once they're no longer needed you know like this is something that like gets villainized well yeah i think this happens pretty often like we we don't humans don't like to they don't view things that are different in a kind manner right right like we see something different and our first i think instincts are to hate it kill it with fire and yeah <laughs> yeah uh and it sucks it, it really does uh especially for everything like the witchers do i mean they they're super successful they make monsters not even a problem anymore and they get hate and disgust out of it right rather than right. appreciation kind of like scientists and vaccines if you think about it I'm gonna I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a post here where somebody says you're something gonna, like you're you're one being, of those reviews. You're being I read too political, review. and it's like, oh my god. Okay, so facts, facts, friends. My wife is a scientist. She runs a lab at a university. She's a very high level person. I've studied science for a long time. Vaccines are real, and without vaccines, we would all have polio and smallpox and have died by the age of four. OK, so like, like, let's not villainize scientists and vaccines. They're good. They've saved you from the monsters. You know, like that's the same exact thing. It's the same but Tom, thing. But Tom, vaccines cause autism. But they don't. That's the <laughs> I don't actually. I, know, I, I, know, I, I just I want to put you, out a disclaimer. I, right, right, right. I don't actually believe that right, I'm right. being the bad guy. Yeah, here. Right, you're playing I'm you're being the advocate. general public yes. that hates the witchers. Okay? Right, right. You're, you're, you're the, yeah, yeah. But like that's like the facts are that they don't like. Yeah, that's, it's like that. Uh, <laughs> what was it? it? I don't know if you the college humor Google search videos from uh, uh I don't even know how long ago. I remember those from high school, but uh, where it's like uh, somebody Google search vaccine or vaccines cause autism. And he's like, well, I got 10 million searches that say that they don't. And I got one that says that they do. And she's like, I knew it. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Because there's one one thing that proves it. Yeah. Now, that's a whole nother topic. And um, and screw the um, the British guy who. uh, faked the evidence that tried to prove that it did because that guy is mm-hmm. a complete douchebag and has gotten thousands and thousands of people killed. So yeah, go look up that, that information if you're interested, but, um, all right. So this is, this is a cool start to it. You know what? We've got some information coming up after the mid mid break about WitcherCon, and we've got a lot of information about that and it's coming up very soon. So Toasty, here's what I think we should do. I think we should put a pin in the Witcher stuff we should go to the mid break. We should thank people for listening. And then we should spend the rest talking about the different panels and the things coming to WitcherCon because that's going to be freaking awesome. And then we can pick up next week with more details about how Witchers are made, some more specifics. Sound good? Uh, that sounds good to me. All right, let's do it. Very well. Let us get this over with. Something has infested my vineyard. Mm-hmm. Great. Let me go prepare my something oil then following is a public service announcement from the starter set dungeons and dragons podcast this is your D campaign this is the starter set podcast you know how like poison frogs don't lick each other's backs so it's how's moving castle mm-hmm. with a face mm-hmm. 
Hey there, I'm Great Mandibles. Because <laughs> one of the party speaks abyssal. You're all going to die. <laughs> and then adventure falls into your lap. Plop. This is your D&D campaign after listening to the Starter Set Podcast. <laughs> so join Sam and Ed every Friday on the Starter Set Podcast for prime Dungeons & Dragons content. Any questions? Love it. I still love those. They're so great. They are so good. Um, So thank you, everybody, for joining us and for tuning in and checking out the show. And holy crap, guys, you guys are awesome. We've had we've had enough listeners to start start showing up in the um, top podcasts for iTunes for video game podcasts, which is kind of cool. Tosi, we're up in like the top 200 already and we're only what? This is oh, our, wow. our third episode. So there's only one episode on iTunes. There's only one episode Because iTunes is an idiot. It posts the second one, but not the first. Everywhere else has both episodes. So I'm going to re-upload it. If you're on iTunes going, wait, why? Wait, I thought this was the second. No, this is the third episode and uh, we'll, we'll fix it. I'll figure out what I can do. iTunes is weird for um, for the Fallout lore cast and the Elder Scrolls lore cast. The first episode shows up second and there's some random episode that it lists first, even though it's clearly numbered and everything else I've done in the, uh, you know, the, the program you submit the shows to and post the RSS feed and all that stuff uh, is correct. I've double, triple checked these things. But for some reason, iTunes just does not want to list the first episode as the first episode. And for this show, it doesn't list the first episode at all, which is super weird. So I will be reposting that. If you haven't caught that episode, it'll be up soon. So I apologize for that. And thank you for hanging out, just waiting for us over this last week for Toasty to get better. But um. <laughs> but yeah, we'll get it. We'll get it all figured out. But thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And if you want to help us continue to rise in the charts and to help make sure that we can do this as a full time thing and keep the show going, please share it with your friends. If you know other people who are into the Witcher games or the books or the TV show, we're going to get season two very soon. We're going to be covering that when it comes out. Uh, Toasty yeah. here, I'm sure, will have another one of his crazy boards with the with the pins and the papers all up on the wall you know figuring out Eventually, what's going on with the tv um, show i gotta get my office first but it's gonna happen it's gonna yeah happen. he's gonna he's gonna do it we didn't get a <laughs> yennefer teaser last week which is unfortunate we had the siri and the Geralt one but no yennefer one it seemed like they were going in that in that direction right yeah like, yeah i think it, it, I, that's what i thought i was like okay yeah. we got siri we got yennefer or we got Geralt. we need yennefer that's the trend. And I wasn't the only one. I was looking on Twitter and people were like, hey, where's the Unifer teaser? Everyone expected it. They were it wasn't they there. were pretty uh, surprised, but it's OK. It's OK. I'm not mad. You want to know why I'm not mad? Why, why are you not mad? Because instead of a Unifer teaser, we got the full schedule for the WitcherCon. Yes. Yes, we place. did. Yes, we did. And um, I just have to point this out. Ula in chat says we're gonna get the second season as soon as henry cavill stops taking side quests <laughs> i think they're done filming though right i think they're totally done with it they're done yeah. they're done filming it's yeah. it wasn't side quests he just <laughs> kept on getting injured <laughs> <laughs> well uh, yeah you know. he like broke his leg during filming because oh, i'm pretty sure he does his own stunts yeah. and it i mean it didn't work out I mean, he's too a, well he's a fit dude you know like yeah, I, was, I mean, if I was in shape like that, I'd probably do my own stunts. That sounds fun. Um, <laughs> anyway, we'll we'll be, uh, you know, discussing those once they're out. I'm guessing they, it's the fall, right? Do we have a date for that? 
I don't remember. Oh, I don't think we have a date I yet. Don't think so. They still haven't told us, but I remember seeing that they were it, it's they said it was going to be released quarter four, 2021. Yeah. So yeah. in November, that last like maybe maybe October or something like that. Something like that. Uh, I can't remember exactly what month it was released before, but yeah, I mean, I'm excited. It can't come fast enough for me. Uh, I'm going to binge every episode on the first day that it hits Netflix. So <laughs> yeah, it's going to be awesome. So we'll be going over those episodes when they come out and we've got a ton of other stuff to do before that happens. So uh, stay tuned with, you know, for that stuff. And if you would also like to help out the show, it would be wonderful if you would leave us a rating and a review on iTunes, all you have to have is an Apple account. You don't have to listen on iTunes. You just have to log in and, and use your Apple account. And we'll read it out on a future show. And I checked today. We haven't had any come in yet. Or at least not that I've been able to see, like in the US. Or I have another app that'll let me see internationally. So maybe we'll get some that'll show up in there soon. Um, but you might be the first to leave a an actual worded review, which would be awesome. So did we read the one? I thought we did had we get one. one. I didn't see it. Oh, was you know it what? Seth? I don't think we ever read Seth's, did we? Holy crap. Did we get one? Let me double check this because I looked today and I didn't see any. But maybe it was like maybe my view was time gated. I'm pulling there, it up I right can, now. It is, I can bring it up if, if I need to because I've seen it on there. Oh, you know what? I think we did. Did we have read one. that one already? I don't know. Here we go. Let me pull it up. No, I don't. I can't see any on, on the app that I use. Here, let me let me bring it up because I know we have one. Okay, I know we have a review on iTunes. Got it. We posted it. We posted it. Remember, we posted it in the Witcher thing in the Witcher yeah. Discord. Yeah. Uh, so so I guess I'll read it out because sure. uh, yeah. So this is uh this is a review by Seth A nine nine three. Uh, another great lore cast five stars. So I guess they're a pretty big fan of yours, Tom. Um. He right. says he started started with the cyberpunk lore cast and got sucked down the rabbit hole that is the robots radio <laughs> and all the other lore casts that come with. Love the Witcher and excited to learn more about the world. You can tell both hosts love the Witcher and both bring good information and insight into the world and lore. Uh, Sweet. So thank you very much, Seth A993, for that review. Our first review. All right, so we did get a first one in. For some reason, my thing is not pulling it up. I don't know what's going on, but you could be our second review. So please take the time to go do that. We would very, very much appreciate it. And this show will only be as successful as um, you guys are in helping us to support it because we don't advertise the show like on billboards or anything. I don't know if anybody advertises podcasts on billboards, but we don't do that. So if you share it with your friends and leave reviews, that's one way to really help us out. All right, let's go talk about... WitcherCon. You smell of death and destiny, heroics and heartbreak. It's on you now. Right, yeah. Right, yeah. Right, yeah. Um, all right, so WitcherCon's coming up on July 9th. It begins. It is very, very soon. This is very soon. Very, very soon. You can go to the website, see all the details about this stuff, but there is a full schedule now available, and we're going to go over each of the different days and the different panels so that you guys know what to tune into. And it starts on the 9th, which means by the time this is up for everybody, it will be two days away because this will go up on the 7th for... Or no, you know what? I'll try and get it up tomorrow. 
Try and get up on the six. So three days after when this goes up. So first panel, The Witcher season two deck of destiny with panelists, including and I'm going to mess up some of these names. I I know uh, the actors and actresses who play Yennefer, Siri, uh, Fringilla, Lambert and the showrunner uh, who are Anya Chalatra, maybe Anya Chalatra, Chalatra, uh, Freya yes. Allen, Mimi M. Uh, Kaisa, 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 Paul Bullion, and um, Laura Hisrich. Or Lauren, Lauren Hisrich. I'm sorry. I'm so Lauren. bad with names. Everybody, You're the showrunner justice. Everybody <laughs> who listens to any of my podcasts is going to know that I, I'm terrible with these names. So, um, and this one is worth reading the description for. Uh, Destinies collide when the cast of showrunner. I'm sorry, cast and showrunner of Netflix's The Witcher draw cards from an enigmatic deck of fan questions that will determine the path of the panel and the immediate fate of the guests. But these are no ordinary cards. Prepare for surprises, reveals, backstage insights and a dash of chaos as our panelists take us through their journey of filming season two. So very cool. And um, especially uh, Anya and Freya, uh, Yennefer and Siri, the, the two actresses are great on the show. They, I mean, you can tell that they're like, they're throwing themselves into those roles. They're so good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can we make them play Gwent? Ula asks in chat. <laughs> well, speaking of Gwent. <laughs> Funnily enough. <laughs> wonderful transition. Uh, the next panel is called Welcome to Gwent, the Witcher card game. And the description says the fearsome armies of the Witcher world clash in strategic action packed card battles where skill, not luck, guides you to victory. Before you play around, you won't want to miss this look at what Gwent, the Witcher card game, is all about. Um, so if you haven't tried out Gwent, it's a really good game. Like this is it's based off of the game you play in The Witcher 3 because you can play Gwent in The Witcher 3. That's the big joke is that Geralt has, you know, like <laughs> some world ending things to go do and to save Siri or whatever. And he ends up just going and like, Hey, you want to play Gwent <laughs> instead? And just plays Gwent with the barkeep. So, um, it's definitely worth checking out. It's a really cool game. And I'm, and that sounds more like a commercial, but if you've not never seen it played, it might convince you to try it out. It's not hard to learn, but it's hard to master. I would consider it something like that. Then we have converging destinies. I'm really excited about this one. Yeah. This one seems really cool. So it says the Witcher's Yennefer of Vengerberg and Princess Cirilla of Sintra experienced extraordinary changes and challenges in season one, but their evolution is just beginning. Actors Anya Cholotra and Freya Allen look back at their character's journey so far and preview what's in store for season two. So more about these uh, badass ladies from the Witcher TV show. So that'll be fun. It's, it's always interesting. So see, I always find it interesting to see uh, an actor's view of the character they portray because there's so much more in their heads about who the character is than what gets specifically shown in the TV show or movie because they've got that background in order to pull from for the emotion and the, the you know, the, the reasons why the character is doing what they're doing and how they how they portray them. You know, I'm really curious, like, is that. I think that's pretty interesting for them because we know Henry Cavill. I mean, he wanted this role as Geralt because he was a huge Witcher fan mm -hmm. and he like read the books, played all the games like he was super into it. And he was like, I could feel like I can do Geralt's Arrivia justice because I have like I know so much about it. And uh, I can do a gruff voice. And so he, and so he yeah. has all the knowledge, you know, he already had all the knowledge. But I, I mean, not to say that they're not, you know, fans of the stuff and maybe they, they probably are. know quite a bit 
but I mean, I can't imagine that they have as much as, you know, a diehard Witcher fan like Henry Cavill was. Yeah, but so maybe maybe they are like, we don't know. Like maybe that's something that, I mean, that's, that will be revealed, you know, or maybe they maybe they weren't as much of a diehard fan, but maybe they, you know, were familiar with the work or the games or something ahead of time. You know? Yeah. Um, that could be a thing. So there's another panel memories from the path stories behind the Witcher games part one. And this says for over 13 years, the Witcher series of games has captured the imagination of gamers worldwide. Now the developers behind the games discuss how they brought their immersive stories to life before revisiting old memories, uncovering forgotten artifacts and reminiscing about their favorite moments from the franchise. So this will be cool. This will be like a behind the scenes with the developers. You know, this is how the games started and this is how they evolved. That kind of thing. Then we have a, another panel, uh, same day. This is all on that first day. Geralt of T Rivia, the panelists. Geralt of Trivia. T Rivia. There we go. And this will include Lauren Hisrich, the showrunner for the TV show, Declan Debara, the Witcher Blood Origin showrunner. That's the second show that hasn't even uh, come out yet, but is in production. Mm-hmm. Blazage. Augustinek and Ula's going to yell Augustine, at me. Augustine. Augustine. Yeah, that's a, I, that's a hard one. I can't say Polish names. My the Polish names my American, are hard. My American so, tongue so. is not, is not <laughs> set up for this. Uh, the acting lead quest designer at CD Projekt Red and Philip Weber, the acting lead uh, quest designer. I guess they're both acting lead quest designers. The other acting lead quest designer at CD Projekt Red. If you, if you're, if you're, Fans of the show and haven't played the game, CD Projekt Red is the developer that makes the Witcher games. And it says here, it's a meeting of the Witcher masterminds as key creators of the Witcher games and the Witcher Netflix series team up to test their knowledge of the wider Witcher universe in this pub quiz style game behind the scenes tidbits and spoilerly spoilery sneak peeks are prized just as much as the correct answers. So <laughs> yeah, cringe is tries to try pronouncing Boise. Is that Boise? I don't know. Probably not. Ula's quizzing me in chat as we do this. Then there's Inside Care Morin. Oh, this is going to be cool. Yeah, Care Morin. So cool. The home of the, the wolf uh, school. Throughout its many portrayals in the games and on screen, Care Morin has long been the sanctuary of Geralt and his Witcher brothers. But what's the history behind this ancient castle and its place in Witcher mythology? Here's everything you need to know about the beloved home of the wolf school. So. This will be cool, especially for you guys that are interested in lore stuff. This is big. Then, and this is this is was a big brand new announcement. We didn't have time to talk about this because we didn't do a show last week. Monster Slayer Live the Life of a Witcher, the new mobile game, is coming out, and this is gonna be a a peek at that. The mobile phone is your portal to a monster-infested realm, one that transforms the world around you with every step you take. This is gonna be like Pokemon Go but with Witcher monsters, which is really freaking cool because I want to go like to the grocery store and be like, Oh no, there's a dragon in the freezer section. <laughs> we have to go fight it. Hey, Hey, Geralt doesn't slay dragons. Okay. We can't do that. Yeah, but we can't disrespect. Maybe, them. maybe you go talk to him. I don't know. Uh, you're right. But it would be cool to see a dragon in the freezer section. Come on. That would be awesome. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Right. I mean, I I think this is kind of a a ghoul in the freezer sorry, section. You finish it's not the as, description. It's not as it's not as cool. Finish finish your description right. before I say anything. Time to get out there and see for yourself <laughs> what the life of a professional monster slayer for hire is like. But fret not, Spaco. 
part of the CD Projekt family, is here to prepare you for your journey on the path. Spocko, is that a character in the game? Oh um, no, me, that's no. Up. It's part of the CD Projekt. It's probably somebody who works at CD Projekt who's talking about. It's the person hosting the panel, or it's not really a panel, but the the thing about it, right? Framework of its capital group, Spocko. Oh, it's it's a uh, yeah yeah. It's like a different, I guess, uh, branch of development that is going to work specifically on monster the Monster Slayer mm. thing. So oh, that's cool. There you go. I mean, but. Uh, I'm I'm excited about this. By the way, for anyone, uh, I believe I saw the date. Uh, this this is going to come out July 21st. I'm really excited. Oh man, that's so, soon. That's so soon. Yes, that's the really. I, I've been pre-registered for this this thing for a long time. Like the moment I found out, I got an email and it was like pre-register for the Monster Slayer app, and I was like, I can't do this faster. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm I'm excited. I mean, did you ever get into the Pokemon Go? I did a little craze? bit. My wife played it more than I did. She I didn't did really she do even, much. I, she even got to go on a work trip to Japan and caught Japanese Pokemon in Japan that you can't get in the U.S., which is freaking cool. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. The only time I really got because I did for a little bit, I went to like back in, in my hometown. Uh, there was they did this like Facebook event for like a Pokemon Go uh party thing or something mm -hmm. that they held like in like the downtown area like the old the old part of town uh there's like a gazebo park and everything and there was like there was like 300 people there just like playing poke they had like two gyms at that certain spot too and everything mm -hmm. and like pokey stops it was pretty crazy uh and, and I'm excited to get into the more like creepy version of of this, you know, imagine walking into like just a forest. I know the the trailer that they did where he's like walking along <laughs> a trail in the forest and then a Leshen shows up and yeah. he's just like, oh, like, oh that seems so cool. Yeah, Leshen, those would be creepy to see in the forest at night. Holy crap. Um, oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. Uh, two more, two more for the first day. The world of Witcher figures figures capture the magic of the witcher world in immense detail they have the power to transport us to new and fantastic realms and bring us back to memor memorable not memorial memorable moments with our favorite characters find out how these pieces are created what inspires them and what they mean to the ones who brought them to life so if you like collectible figures and you might be into this one and then the last panel for the first day is tales from the white wolf a spotlight conversation when with henry cavill so uh it says here to close out WitcherCon, fans will hear from Geralt of Rivia himself. Henry Cavill will sit down with moderator Josh Horowitz for an in-depth conversation about fantasy, destiny, and the wider Witcher universe. The White Wolf may even have a surprise or two in store. So they're hinting at something. I, I mean, they've basically been telling us that they're going to drop random little bits of like, you know, information like, to, you know, hints and stuff like that during the entire con and yeah. uh, i mean that's what that's what we'll, that's what we want most right you know we want the juicy tidbits of information mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then day two starts and this is july 10th and we get the first panel the witcher season two deck of destiny with panelists again with the same panelists from the first one and i have a feeling that this is 
the same thing again if you weren't able to go to it. So I don't know if this it's going to be recorded. Yeah, there's a few things that are going to be the same, but they do have. They did say that they were going to have a few different things in them for each day. Okay, so that like you were, had incentive to watch on it. I imagine it's probably going to be recorded and just played over. But if it's not, then there's a chance of them drawing different cards than day one. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if it's not recorded, it's probably going to be worth watching again. Yeah, because we'll have to see. The, make it something i don't know because they, they don't say specifically but it has the same description so there's that there's the welcome to gwent which are card game which i'm, I'm guessing is going to be exactly the same then they Probably. have the panel for cd project reds the witcher beyond video games and this says from detective noir to dark horror all the way to the old world and beyond prepare to experience the witcher's expanded universe with the latest details on the upcoming comic books and board game inspired by the franchise so if you can't get enough Witcher content and you want to get some comic books and board games, this will be the one to tune into. Get more Witcher comic books sounds sick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, then there's man. the panel Memories from the Path, Stories Behind the Witcher Games Part 2. So this one seems like a second piece to the last one, I would suppose. Um, and similar, similar description there. So I guess we'll see if that's the recorded one or a different one. I don't know. Then we have... Uh, the Geralt of Terivia with panelists again. I'm guessing this is going to be the same thing. It's the same panel, probably, probably a rerun. Then Strokes of Genius, a preview of The Witcher Nightmare of the Wolf. So this says the iconic studio Mir, M-I-R, takes us behind the scenes of their work on the upcoming Netflix anime film, The Witcher Nightmare of the Wolf, sharing how they adopted The Witcher universe into animated form for this epic new journey. So this should be really cool. I would, I would expect that we get some, uh, some scenes or images from some of the stuff they're working on for this. Yeah. I mean, as far as I know, this is about, I guess, Vesemir and like the formation of the school of the wolf or something like that. Or yeah, it has a picture of Vesemir has a picture of Vesemir right there. And this is the studio. This is the, um, South Korean animation studio in Seoul that did the legend of Korra, uh the boondocks voltron the dota show on netflix um mortal kombat legends so th- they've done a number of these well-received uh animes i was hoping if they might be the same group that's behind the um castlevania series because that would seem like tonally fit for the witcher but yeah. it's a different i mean group. i mean if it's about if it's about vesemir i mean vesemir has a lot of stuff i mean by by the time we get to the Witcher three, uh, he's over 150 years old. Yeah, he's old. Yeah. So, but he's he got some he got some cool stuff going on there that we haven't heard about, right? For yep. sure. <laughs> yeah, totally. They also did Batman: Death in the Family, which was a pretty big deal when that came out. I remember that. Never watched that mm-hmm. one. Um, I didn't see it either, but people, it was one one of the ones that a lot of people talked about. Um, then we have Monster Slayer Life, uh, Live the Life of a Witcher again, about the mobile game, the world of Witcher figures again, and inside Kaer Morin again. And then the last panel, Tales from the White Wolf, a spotlight conversation with Harry Cavill again. So it looks like the number of reruns for the second day with a few new things. So if you don't catch I mean, I'm the definitely first day. Tune in for everything, just in case there's something different. Right. Who knows? Right. Right. So 
yeah so that, that's coming up it's, it seems like a bunch of cool stuff i can't imagine more than this i mean they're talking with all a bunch of the people from the show a bunch of the people from behind the games behind the collectibles behind the shows behind the new games that we haven't even been able to try yet um like what else is what else is there like this is like everybody from something i mean it, it's i think it's just them you know they're realizing like hey we're about to drop a whole bunch of new content on you i mean we're getting netflix series season two uh a, an anime a witcher anime basically uh comic books board games uh, i mean they, they've, they've said that this is not going to include game. an announcement yeah they said that this is not going to include an announcement for the witcher 4 but they didn't say that it didn't wasn't going to include any kind of teasers for The Witcher Four. Yeah. What if? Oh, dude. What if we got? What if we got like a teaser trailer? I mean, like that would be great. I know they've I know. been focused on cyberpunk and getting cyberpunk, you know, working better. Um, they did put out an announcement last week that they feel like they've gotten it to a level of playability that is acceptable. And some people disagree with that. But if the studio says, my, my point here is if the studio is putting out messaging like that, it probably means that they're getting ready to put out other messaging because that allows them to say, we've said that this is at an acceptable level. So now it's going to be okay. If some of our developers are now working on something else, right? Everybody like this, it's yeah. one of those like preparing everyone for more news kind of messages. So yeah. maybe, I mean, there, there's a lot of people still out there that think that they should just give up on cyberpunk and get the Witcher four out. They're like, ah, it was a failed. Let's do, let's go back to you. Whatever. Uh, I mean, yeah, I don't, I, I disagree, but this is not important. I, I, uh, I, I was actually going to, they're still going to work. I was going to ask something stuff too. Yeah. Sure. Uh, I was going to ask though, cause I know they recently, didn't they recently hire a new lead quest designer? Mm-hmm. Is that, is that this Philip Weber guy is, uh... is, or, or do they have separate lead quest designers for games? I would imagine they're separate, but I don't know. That's a good question. I remember y'all talked about it. Uh, there was that article yeah. and they talked about it for cyberpunk specifically. But right. I don't remember the guy's name. Um, new lead cyberpunk designer. Let's see if this shows up real quick. It's a new game director. So they, they had two new positions they filled. There's a new game director and then there was. I, sp- I thought I'd seen uh, quest as lead quest designer, but maybe gameplay designer. Here it is. The lead gameplay game. designer. Um, on on I can't say names. Zawidski. This the same oh, guy? Okay. No. 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 He shows up somewhere else in here though, doesn't he? I feel like I just um, saw that name. Maybe. Uh, maybe. I don't you can clearly tell that we did our homework before we started this podcast. Um, but like sometimes when you're doing shows like this, no, he doesn't show up in here. I just I just searched his name. Um, the questions like this don't come to mind until you actually like talk it through and then somebody else brings it up and is like, wait a minute. So no, I think that they, they, they've messaged that they've split the teams at this point and that they've, you know, hired up for both. So I would imagine these are, these are different teams now and they're working, they're siloed off working in their own games. So who knows? Um, to say that like something like the Witcher four is now under development 
wouldn't be a surprise. So. I mean, yeah, like, I feel like you always got to have someone working on something separate. Like, I mean, I don't, I'm not a game designer, so I don't know. <laughs> you know, let me clear myself real quick before I say anything. But I imagine that most studios have at least some group of people working on like the future game right there's while always the still working early, on the current yeah. game there's a, there's always the early design phase where it's it's just coming up with concept story um art design those kinds of things that get done before you get into development oftentimes so yeah i wouldn't be surprised if some of those people were pulled into this other team to start working on like okay What's the story going to be about? Where are we going next? Who's the main character even? Like, are we going to get like a Siri focused game? Like, that would be amazing. What if Siri was the main character? Like, we've told Geralt's story. I'm just like wondering where that's going to go. Right. Yeah, we kind of got to. We've we've told Geralt's story. We kind of got Siri. Right. Free too, though. But Siri's still young. She's still. I guess it depends, but it depends on the canonical ending. Canonical ending. Yes. Right. Yeah. Because if they go into the past. Do we go back in time? Do we go back to this? Like we talked about the original witchers in this episode. Do we go back to the time of the formation of the schools and the rivalry between the schools and a much more dangerous world where monsters are more common? That'd be cool. That would be cool. I mean, I'd be cool with that. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of other stories to tell in this world. It doesn't have to be this point in history. What if it's like, what if they made like, as I know, okay, witchers already an RPG technically but you design your own witcher and you get to choose but, what yeah in. like a more yeah. open like an open world witcher rpg where right. like you start off the game and it's like you yeah. know it's asking who you are uh, maybe there's some sort of stat system it's like your backstory pick your school yeah or a more mmo from, like, style of- like or game of service style where you pick your school and you can run into other witchers working on the same contracts and you're competing yeah. with them i mean because there's a lot of schools i mean there's right well let me th- I mean, what if it was like Griffin, red Bear, dead Viper. online what if it was red dead online style game where it's relatively sparse that you run into other people, but you can, and you're off doing your own quests and you could team up with other people and take on quests as a group, just like in red dead, you form your posse, right? But then you could also like break off and do your own thing and you could run into other people or not. And the story kind of plays out. That could totally be a thing. And if the world is interesting, the way it isn't like CD Projekt Red just needs to freaking hire some of the developers who worked on GTA and Red Dead Online and just tell them, hey, make our world worlds feel more real. <laughs> like, let's make let's bring over just buy the game engine and a lot of the assets and just like start plugging in their own cars and their own animals and monsters or whatever, you know, like. There you go, CDPR. That's the that's the solution. I just solved it for you. I'm sure you have the money to do it. I'm not I'm not sure of any of that, but I'm just going to pretend that I am. Well, so see, I how think, much money is in Poland because they have the majority <laughs> of it, true. right? They're like the big, <laughs> CDPR the is the majority of in Poland. Poland. It's true. Yeah, so. it's true. They've, got, they've made a lot of money on The Witcher. They've made a lot. And the fact that they've now they're now working on some of these other projects. I have a feeling that they've got their their hands in those pockets as well. So, all right, guys. Well, this is this, we've reached the end. Well, there's a lot of fun things to be excited about. This stuff is coming up next weekend. So tune in for that stuff. We will be 
continuing our dive into the origin of the witchers next week and i'm sure we'll be gushing a little bit over some of the stuff we learned in the panels so stay tuned for that we'll have a really cool episode for you next monday same time same channel we'll see you guys then toast do you have anything to share anything else going on that you want to say before we head out uh yeah uh I mean, if you try to get this out tomorrow, it gives a little bit of time for people. It's not much, but uh, uh, I just saw whatever I was like browsing earlier because I have the I have the Opera browser or whatever, and like when it loads in, it's like here's all these game deals, which is great. Uh, and I saw like all the Witcher games are more than eighty percent off right now. Yeah, so you could buy you can buy. Uh, Witcher 3 the Wild Hunt the game of the year edition that comes with all the DLCs it's like 10 bucks you can buy it for like $10 and that's the whole game plus the DLCs that's kind of crazy uh Witcher 2 is like 84% off right now uh the Witcher enhanced edition is like 85 uh so like I mean all of these games are like 10 bucks or less so yeah go pick them up if you're you didn't go getting them. It's on, that's on Steam. I'm not sure about other places, but yeah, I also saw uh, a deal for GameStop. If you are into CDPR games and you want to pick up Cyberpunk and you didn't pick it up because of all the negativity at launch, it's still a game that's totally worth playing, and it's on sale for eighteen dollars on PlayStation and Xbox. So eighteen bucks, they've fixed a lot of the stuff that was broken with it. For eighteen bucks, it's absolutely worth playing. There's still a lot of good stuff in there. It's not as I don't know, developed in some ways as what a lot of people wanted, but there's a lot of good stuff. It's totally worth it. For Still a good bucks. game. Still a good game. So 18 yeah. bucks at GameStop right now. You can get that as well. Um, yeah, cool stuff, man. Uh, we've got the Xbox being about other games. We've got the Xbox Game Pass show coming up next. And Toasty, we're going to be talking about the uh, Game Pass gang. This is our group of people who are now on the Robots Radio Discord. This is our Xbox Game Pass, you know, buddies playing games together. And Toasty is part of it and n7 legend sam who's my co-host very accidentally part of it by the way you're part, you're part of it and there's a bunch of uh, other people uh, <laughs> playing games together and we got together uh just the other night and we played gang beasts on saturday Friday. night or friday was it, night was it friday i don't remember was it saturday friday wow. friday night anyway uh, gang, if you've never played gang beasts you're like these little jelly people and you pick each other up and try to throw each other off of buildings and stuff and it is absolutely ridiculous and we're gonna be talking about that about that and some of the new games on game pass and the new games we tried out recently and the new stuff coming to game pass and all that stuff so stay tuned for that if you're watching live and if you haven't checked that out go look it up it's on all the different podcatchers and you can get it wherever you're listening to this um and it's not just about, I mean, it's about Game Pass games, but if you like video games in general, those games are available other places. And if you're not on Game Pass and you have PC or Xbox, it's a crazy good deal. You can get it for like a dollar right now. It's, it's super, crazy. it's super helpful. Like the, the show's super helpful. I, I listened to all the episodes recently uh, and like y'all talked about a few games on that that I'm probably going to be interested in trying out. Yeah. And like these are games that you would have no reason to know any knowledge on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're just so they, they do it for you they right. do the research and the testing for you and tell you what it's like and everything so you know if you're curious about any games if you're getting bored lately because it's been a rough couple of years for games anyway there's lots it's of stuff not. on there <laughs> and, and we're always looking for we're always looking for more people to join us to play games together whether that's on pc or xbox um so go Go check it out and oh, and follow the tuned. Twitter 
Witcher Lorecast, by the way. Yeah, that's probably we've got a Witcher Lorecast. Yeah, yeah. At, at Witcher Lorecast, follow us on Twitter as well. All right, guys. Uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for hanging out, and stay tuned for the Xbox Game Pass show. Xbox X Pass. Did I say X- Xbox Game Pass? You said X Pass. <laughs> X Pass Game Box show coming up next. See you later. Thanks for tuning in to the Witcher Lorecast. We'd love to hear about your experiences with the games and the books and the TV series and all your thoughts on everything. Please check out the Robots Radio Discord and follow us on Twitter at Witcher Lorecast. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Hey Guardians, we are the Destiny Show Podcast, a weekly podcast about all things Destiny 2. We invite amazing guests from the Destiny community to share their stories and discuss the latest topics from the world of Destiny. Check us out on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, or live on Twitch every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. We will see you starside. Are you an avid player of the Elder Scrolls Online and looking to take your game to that next level? Well, the Red Diamond Courier Podcast is here to help. I'm Bob Chichinsky. And I'm Dogbark24. We are two experienced players aiming to help others learn and improve through in-game knowledge and references. From PvE. To PvP. And everything in between. There's sure to be something for you in the Red Diamond Courier. We We hope hope you check check us us out. out. Thanks. Thanks!